if you're not on that bus, if you don't already fuck with it, do do that. <laughs> My name is Jordan Gold. You are listening to the NTIA podcast. This is the 24th of February, Saturday, 2018. And this episode today is brought to you by our brand new sponsor. A sponsor very close and near and dear to my heart. It's um, it's something I've been a part of for a long time, and it's it's great to finally get their endorsement and have their backing and full support for this podcast, which, by the way, of course, is not a podcast. I'm speaking, obviously, about the Church of Scientology, probably the best organized religion in the world, and, of course, friends of ours here at the Anti-Podcast. Anyway, I'm just going to read the copy they provided me. Um, But just so you know, this isn't just some guy reading through an advert because the people who made the advert are putting a bunch of money in his pocket. That's not what's going on here. I'm reading this advert because I genuinely believe in the the Church of Scientology. And the money that they've given me to read this advert is um, neither here nor there, really. Life got you down? The Church of Scientology is a school of thought practice, principle, and religion developed by L. Ron Hubbard, which offers a precise path leading to a complete and certain understanding of one's true spiritual nature, one's relationship to oneself, family, groups, mankind, all life forms, and the material universe. Scientology isn't a dogmatic religion like other religions, okay, where you just have to believe in one thing and one thing alone. Scientology lets you believe in whatever you want as long as you pay your money every month. So if that sounds like the religion for you, get yourself down to your local auditing center today. www.scientology.org News! And this one comes out of India. Hot international news. The Indian state, Indian government, is offering free breast implants to poor people. There you go, I said it. They're offering free breast implants to the poor. A South Indian state, Tamil province, Tamil officials said the service provided to stop people taking loans that they cannot afford or opting for other methods. Now, this isn't like in the UK, where, believe it or not, you actually can get a tip job on the NHS or National Health Service. In the UK, you have to prove that your underwhelming lack of breasts is causing you some sort of mental instability, some sort of psychological harm. If you can prove that, roll out the red carpet, empty the coffers, and the tip job is yours. In India, it's literally just like, if, just if you, you want it, you got it. Head of plastic surgery at the clinic providing it, the Tamil Nadu State Health Department Clinic, Dr. V. Ramadevi said that some of her patients sought breast reductions to alleviate shoulders and back pains, while the majority sought augmentations of their breasts for a boost in confidence. There is a psychological benefit, quote, many girls who have larger breasts do not like to go out. (laughs) Hey, shit's different in India, all right? Shit is different. There is a reason this surgery should be restricted from the poor. Um... Restricted from the poor? Restricted to the poor. This procedure would also be available for men, she said. This is a very fucking confusing article. If you ever want, like, hot news out of India, obviously go ahead and read the Hindu Times or the India Times. 
but my god do they write things in a, in a weird way sometimes i feel like it might be automatically translated and probably by a computer or by a robot which my friends brings us on to our next story of the day and we've got a lot to get through so please excuse my speed on this one but scientists and this is a story out of murica and sweden scientists in america and sweden are seeking to build robots of dead people it's honestly it's a true story it's like a badly written black mirror episode scientists seek to build robots of dead people parmarmanian.net swedish inventors have decided to create digital copies aka robots of dead people russian media reports and that's why it's taken so long for this story to get to the west a funeral home currently is looking for volunteers who would agree for the scientists to recreate their images and images of their dead relatives. So obviously, <sighs> this one's a weird one, right? This isn't like the body dysmorphic people in India who are getting tit jobs. That makes you think, you know, what's next? This really is a what's next story. It's a futurist story. There's questions around immorality. There's questions around immortality. I mean, what are you? If you clone or copy yourself into a robot, are you you? Is that you? If that thing can live forever on a nine volt battery pack, what does it even mean to be a person? And more importantly, when you've put a human consciousness inside a robot, can I fuck it? And is it moral? The immorality of immortality of robots. Fascinating fucking story tesla ceo elon musk said in the past that artificial intelligence poses more of a risk than potential nuclear conflict it's a huge thing to say obviously these plans are only at the initial stage but they want to recreate the voices of dead people the images of dead people and they want to use artificial intelligence just like that fucking creepy episode of black mirror to scan your social media history and download if you like your consciousness or, the co or even worse the consciousness of your deceased relative into a machine. Ew. Just ew. Politics. And this one's fucked up. It's our controversial religio-political story of the day. Muslim women the world over are speaking out about abuse, which might not surprise you if you know much about parts of you know the Muslim world. But in this case, they're doing it under the hashtag of hashtag MosqueMeToo. And it's women speaking up about sexual abuse that they've experienced while on pilgrimage to Hajj, which is like the Vatican of Islam in Saudi Arabia in Mecca. It's supposed to take the pilgrimage, pilgrimage? It's supposed to take the pilgrimage once a year if you're a Muslim to Mecca. Um, and it's full of like loads of religious spaces, mosques and stuff. This all kicked off because in February, a Pakistani woman wrote on Facebook that she had experienced repeated sexual harassment on various encounters while in Hajj in Mecca, while on Hajj in Mecca. It's a mandatory religious obligation for Muslims, which makes it creepy as fuck. And obviously, it's nice to see loads of women from the Muslim world speak out about the fact that, you know, there's terrible fucking misogyny and chauvinism and rape culture in the Middle East. I always tell my feminist friends, fuck, if you want to see a real rape culture if you want to see real fucking you know anti-women sentiment and bias and misogyny then you should go to the middle east 
But this is encouraging to see all these women coming out on social media and saying that they've all experienced. And some of the stories are pretty fucking horrific. I'll let you fucking explore it on your own. I don't want to just be literally like recycling horrific acts of violence and sexual assault. But a lot of these chicks are saying um, that it is real. It's happening at Hajj. The authorities are quite corrupt and are covering it up. It's nice to see because, you know, if anything's going to change Islam, it's the opinions of Muslim women. <laughs> I'm just saying, <clears throat> there's degrees to this shit. There's degree misogyny in the West exists, but it's not as bad as in some other places. And this is a fucking really, really good example. Um, but hey, you know, white heterosexual man alert. Like, what the fuck do I know? You know, it's just I. <clears throat> Moving on, <clears throat> culture. And millennials only brush their teeth once a day or at least a third of them do, which coheres with my long-standing theory that millennials are all fucking disgusting, gross, and superficial, and it makes complete sense to me that millennials are only cleaning their teeth once a day. Can't hold down a fucking job, addicted to Tinder, insta-fake smoke and mirrors, bullshit millennial lives, perpetually on vacation, always at a party, always having a good time, creating a culture of jealousy, to make ourselves appear more desirable, but we're only cleaning our fucking teeth once a day. 15% of millennials can't, not can't, won't have sex when they turn 18. As in they just stop having sex. Like sex is something dirty for teenagers. Millennials are so prudish and weird about sex. 14% of millennials aged 18 to 29 are living with their partner. Only 14% of 18 to 29 year old millennials are living with their partner. Jesus Christ. And is it even the word, even the word partner? It's like we're just too fucking push, like pussyish. Like I can't even say that word. But we're, we're being pussies about it. All right. We're not even comfortable using the word boyfriend or girlfriend. My partner. Have you met my partner? We met on Twitter. Millennials make me fucking sick, honestly. And I am one. That's the worst part. And I'm so ashamed to be one. Because we're just so, ew, that's gross. And like, oh, I'm offended. Like, fucking. But they, of course, of course, news comes out today that we only clean our teeth once a fucking day. Blech. Asexual, androgynous, sexless, lifeless, EDM fuel, basement dwelling, fucking narcissist. And yes, I am one. So I know. It's fucking disgusting. Feel good story for the day. And this one's about a male cheerleader. Cute, right? Oh, I guess we're all supposed to ride this fucking bandwagon where, you know, if women can do anything, then men can do anything. The UK's first male basketball cheerleader reads the headline on BBC News. Lawrence Terrell, also known as Terrell Lawrence. I don't know why I switched his name around. His name is Terrell Lawrence. Struggled to fit in while growing up. Facing both homophobia and racism and abuse. That's not both. That's a three thing. You can't do both and then do a triptych. Racism, homophobia, and racial abuse. Not both. Fucking BBC. You can't get the copywriters, honestly. That all changed after he joined the Plymouth Raiders cheerleaders team, making him one of the main stars at the basketball games. And there's a little video on the BBC website. And actually, even though I am a like patriarchal white oppressor, it actually warmed my heart a little bit to see this guy who loves his passion getting up there and straining his stuff with his, what they call pom-poms. It's cute. It's nice. And it is, you know, my question is, where's the homophobia? If you're a, you, you're a man and you want to be a cheerleader and you're obviously gay and you want getting up there and shaking your butt and having a dance and you've been warmly welcomed into the Plymouth Raiders basketball team, 
And not only that, but you've become one of the stars of the games. Do we really live in a homophobic society? I'd be interested to know what kind of abuse and homophobia he faced growing up. Because the video doesn't really go into it. Or if this BBC journalist is just trying to make more of a story than it actually is. Either way, it's feel good. It's quite heartwarming. And it makes me think of one thing. And that is the cheerleader effect. Something you may or may not already be aware of. This is the psychological proven, tested psychological effect that when you put a bunch of women who are like, let's say, sixes or sevens, like in a group together, they can appear at first glance to a prospective uh, male as nines, tens, because they're all in a group together and the male brain isn't capable of processing that much data, especially when it comes to women, at a very fast speed. So it just goes, ah, women, they're all hot. Ugh. One thing capable of destroying the cheerleader effect, as proven today on the BBC website, is taking a six foot four black guy who's gay as the day is long and dropping him right in the middle of that cheerleader squad. Because then they all suddenly, I don't know, there's something about it. It's just a, it, it, this dude, Terrell Lawrence, shatters the cheerleader effect. But like, yeah, I, yet again, I ask you, where is the homophobia? Where is the homophobia? I'm happy for him. Everyone's happy for him. I can't imagine a person who's going, ooh, ooh. Male cheerleader. Oh, it's oh, it's disgusting. Oh, like no, I just, I just think we're over it. I think we're all over. It. I think even the baby boomers are over it. I can't see anybody who has a problem with with gay people anymore. At least I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing it in the mainstream. I'm not seeing it on TV, movies, radio. I'm just not seeing it. So please, if you are homophobic, hit me up because I want to meet you. I, I think you're a myth. <laughs> Conspiracy news. Today's conspiracy story, because I'm going to try and do this every day. I'm not always doing it every day, but I'm going to try and do it every day. And every day I do it, I'm going to try and bring you some conspiracy news. And today's conspiracy news is about a group, well-known group, enshrouded in mystery for centuries. Um, the Freemasons. The Freemasons. My friend Hayden was going to be on this podcast a couple of days ago, and he couldn't because he all of a sudden remembered that he's a Freemason. And that once a year he has to go down to the lodge. And, I don't know, fucking decapitate a goat, drink its blood, and, you know, dance around singing ritualistic hymns. I don't actually know what goes on at Freemasons Lodge, but the news story of the day, and this is mainstream, is that the free Freemasons, who, are they sick and tired um, of the blatant speculation and about being linked to being the Illuminati? Um, it's undeservedly stigmatised, says the leader of the organisation, in a bid to prove that it's not a secret society, it will now run a series of open evenings. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay, if you're a Freemason, I think that's great, and I'm sorry that people think that you're a right-wing cabal of, like, people who are running the world, I'm sorry, I'm sure it's just a boys' drinking club, with a little bit of history, um, and some, some hazing thrown in for good measure, I'm sure, I'm sure it's very much just that episode of The Simpsons where they all join the stonecutters, but... I think you're kicking yourself in the arse by holding open evenings, um, when the only thing you had going for you was the allure of the fact that your society was, shall we say, secret. What do I know? But hey, I mean, I, it seems like the Masons are selling out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They already have a problem, it says here in the article, with membership. But I continue. I read on. The United Grand Lodge of England, the governing body for a majority of Freemasons within England and Wales, has placed adverts in three national newspapers outlining their travesty. All three are accompanied by the headline, Enough is Enough, and insist that the group is a victim of rabid misrepresentation. 
There's a tweet from the Freemasons here. Welcome to the third part of our roundup for 2017. Well, that's not a Freemason voice, is it? Hold on. Welcome to the third part of our roundup for 2017. Today, we're looking back inside the Freemasons on the lives of Freemasons from different walks of life throughout history. Yeah, it just seems like this very old, stuffy boys club is just trying to fucking open up. I don't think that the 200,000 members of the Freemasons are victims of fucking discrimination or misrepresentation, though. Um, but yeah, there we go. That's your conspiracy news for the day. It's not a conspiracy for once. Is that this? You know, this this group, and I'm pretty much I'm pretty much uh, agreeing with this. I'm not. I really think the Freemasons are just one of those weird old groups with a bunch of symbols um, and temples who are just get in a bad rap. I don't even think they're a cult. I genuinely think they do quite a lot of good things for society. I don't know. I don't know. Tell you what I do know. This, mate. This one, what you're listening to. Not a podcast.